Blog Talk Radio. Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. All right, modern lovers, speaking of sexy bodies, we're going to talk about maybe sexy relationships tonight, because we are going to talk about full throttle marriage with our wonderful guest, the celebrated therapist, Terry Reel, someone that I greatly admire and have myself trained with. So I am so honored and pleased to have Terry with us tonight because you know that here at Modern Love, we know that real love starts with communication. It starts with training and knowing how to do it better. From intensive trainings to high-level mastermind mentorship programs to couple therapy, We bring it all together right here with Modern Love Training, combining psychology, science, and spirituality so that you can create massive change in your life wherever you are on your journey, whether you're looking for love after you've given up on it, healing a marriage on the brink of divorce, creating an exciting, successful career, or financial freedom. Love is an essential part of everything that matters. You can visit us at www.drbrendawade.com or come and join me at one of our Modern Love trainings here in San Francisco. And we're going to start with an Ask Dr. Brenda question. I'm going to answer it, and then later in the show, you're going to get to hear Terry Real weigh in on the question. It's an interesting one. It says, Dear Dr. Brenda, my parents just informed me that they haven't been practical about finances. Of course, I suspected it because their salaries couldn't possibly cover their purchases, but they admitted they haven't saved for retirement. It's so disappointing because they could have been financially set if they'd been smart with their money. I save to build the retirement I want for me and my wife, and I feel bad for my parents. But I can't help worrying that everything I'm working for will be threatened by their poor decisions. My wife doesn't think I should get too involved, but hey, they're my parents. This is causing a rift in our marriage. What should I do? Sharon from Seattle All right, Sharon from Seattle, this is one of the number one things that couples fight about, if not the number one. It's money. It doesn't matter where the friction is coming from. Money means something different to all of us, and usually it has nothing to do with money itself. It's about feeling secure, feeling safe, feeling powerful, feeling in control. You choose, but it's not just money. So I want you and Sharon to sit down and talk about what money really means for each of you and what it means to set boundaries that are healthy for your marriage with your parents. 
So that's my advice, but let me introduce you to our guest, and later we'll hear what he has to say. Terry Real is an internationally recognized family therapist. He's a speaker and author. He founded the Relational Life Institute, which offers workshops for couples, individuals, and parents around the country, along with professional training for clinicians who want to learn his RLT, Relational Life Therapy, method. As a family therapist and teacher for more than 25 years, Terry is the best-selling author of I Don't Want to Talk About It, Overcoming the Secret Legacy of Male Depression, his straight-talking book, How Can I Get Through to You, which is reconnecting men and women, and most recently, The New Rules of Marriage, What You Need to Make Love Work. Terry's very common sense, I can tell you that. He speaks to both men and women. His ideas on men's issues and on couples therapy have been featured in everything from Good Morning America, the Today Show, 2020, Oprah, the New York Times, and much, much more. He talks about full-throttle marriage as described in his recent book, The New Rules of Marriage, and he's been called the most innovative voice in thinking about treating men and their relationships. So I have to tell you, Terry, as I welcome you to the show, that <laughs> I you, got Linda. a hey, hey, good to talk with you again. I got a copy of the manuscript on your book. I just let's see. Let me make the make sure I give the right title. The one that I got. It was from the Oprah Show before it was ever published. I got, how do I get through to you, reconnecting men and women? And I read the manuscript because my best friend was one of Oprah's, still is one of Oprah's producers. And I was amazed. I thought the book was so wise, so brilliant, really cut to the chase. And I showed it to my husband. And he read the book and he went, God, this woman is really hard on men. I said, hang on, a man wrote that book. He couldn't believe that a man would call men out the way that you do. So how did you get started in your work and working with couples and focusing on marriage? Yeah, well, uh, in terms of being a family therapist, I like to say I started about age four with my dysfunctional family. Uh, (laughs) As most therapists uh, would probably say if they were honest. I um well I'm I on that in. train with you. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it's a great thing. One of the things I say to therapists is uh lose that neutrality. Be a person with the people you're with. You know, you come from a dysfunctional culture, so do I. You come from a dysfunctional family, so do I. I used to look like you. I used to be depressed like you or angry like you or whatever it is. I'm not anymore. And this is better than that was. And you know what? If I can do it, you can do it too. So I I love that. To be open like that. Yes, and being human. You know, I came from that same school. I was mentored and trained by Virginia Satir, and the first thing she said Uh. is, we are all in this together. We have, and I'm going to have to use bad words my mother told me never to use. Virginia (laughs) would say, we all have the shit to grow roses. Yeah, right. That's great. That's great. So anyway... my relationship, particularly with my dad, was very confusing, very problematic. He was an enormous man, physically large man, and um, 
depressed and uh, and uh, pretty rough uh, psychologically and sometimes physically. And I felt like I had to figure them out. I had to free myself from the legacy. Uh, he had a depressed, angry father. Uh, he had a depressed, angry father. I, I got to tell you that um, my kids will not say that about their father, and it's because of the work that I did. Um, I speak from my years of experience as a therapist, but I also speak from the authority of my own healing and recovery. Thank you for being so open about that journey, Terry, because a lot of people have the idea that being an expert means you just read some books and went to school. What really makes you an expert is you've been on the journey and you've done your work. Yeah, I think that's what makes you effective with people. There are lots of people with lots of degrees, and I suppose they're experts of a sort. But um, when people end my therapy, I ask them what was most important, and nine out of ten times will say, we felt like you'd been through it. We felt like you were there with us. And uh, I think that's the most important thing a therapist can bring. But at any rate, enough about me. Ah, (laughs) right. Well, you lead couples on a journey step by step to get to greater intimacy and personal fulfillment. So what is the greatest block that most couples have to getting to that intimacy, really being on that journey together? Well, you know, we all marry our unfinished business. Uh, we all we all fall we all fall in love thinking that this person is going to heal us or complete us or give us what we didn't get, and uh, the honeymoon phase looks like that's going to be true, but then the honeymoon phase ends, and disillusionment phase comes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talk about three phases in uh, a long-term relationship: the harmony phase the disharmony phase, and the repair. Harmony, disharmony, repair. And I speak of the harmony phase as love without knowledge. You have a deep soul recognition that this person is wonderful, but you don't know what they do with their socks or what the bottom of their closet looks like (laughs) or if they pay their bills. The second phase I call disillusionment. And disillusionment is when you look at your partner and you say to yourself, oh, my God, this has been a horrible mistake. Yes. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> what was I thinking? Fire's remorse. But, you know, I tease about it. But it's actually one of the things I want your listeners to get is that disillusionment is dark. Mm-hmm. It hurts. It's yes. raw. It's, it, it, you really do. Uh, have uh, the the dark night of the soul where it's not clear to you that this marriage is a good idea. I I, I talk I go around the country and I talk to people. Uh, you've heard me uh, about I what I call normal uh, normal marital hatred. Uh, that term blew me hatred. away, Terry. The first time I heard you say normal marital hatred, but it made sense to me. Yeah. It made sense well, to me I, because I, I, I we've it. all felt it. Yeah, and uh, but we don't acknowledge it in our culture or give people the skills that they need to get out of it. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that is, so that's the disillusionment phase, and it's it's sort of the shadow, it's the underbelly of all 
relationship. It doesn't mean you're in a bad relationship. It means you're in a real relationship. And then I call that disillusionment phase knowledge without love. Because now you know all about your partner's worth and love, but you don't like them very much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then comes the third phase, repair or mature love. And I call that knowing love. That's knowing all about your partner's imperfection and choosing to love the son of a gun anyway. Now, how do you get from, yeah, because this is a beautiful model. How do you get from disharmony where you're looking at a person going, dear God, did I choose the same person again, to the repair, the harmony phase? What are the steps? Because I know you've worked a great model, and one of the things I really love about your work is you call it out. You call it like you see it, and you put everything on the table. So what are the steps here? Well, in terms of your own work or what a therapist would do with you, I want you to be aware of not just the self-esteem issue that everybody's been focusing on for 50 years, which is shame and coming up from that one-down inferiority, but particularly us guys, I want us to look at issues of grandiosity, coming down from that one-up superiority or unaccountability or irresponsibility. Uh, Everybody has both issues. And we've done a lot of focus on helping people come up from shame. But if we're going to lead people into real intimacy, you have to work both ends. You know why? Because that grandiose part of you. Now explain uh, what you mean you, by grandiose for those who Looking down your nose at somebody, feeling superior than somebody, feeling better than, feeling above the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, Entitlement. Mm-hmm. Entitlement, what, what people might call narcissism. Yeah. It's rampant in our culture. And what I'm saying is that we both go, we all go down and we all go up. And w- w- the problem is that when we go up, we're a pain in the neck to be around. Yeah. When we're, when you're in a shame state, you know it and you feel bad about it. You kind of implode. But when you're in a grandiose state, you can move into bad behavior. You can act out. You can self-medicate. You can rage. You can control. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and be so completely to... unaware of the harm that's being done to anybody that's close by. God knows you've seen enough couples like that. I've seen enough couples. And the hardest exactly. thing is to move somebody from that sense of you're the problem, I'm fine. And the minute you take that position, you're in the grandiosity. Exactly right. That's exactly right. So I want people to be aware of that. There are skills that I can run through, but uh, I want you to understand that there are parts of you that don't give a damn about these skills. They don't don't care. You know, for example, I have a saying, you can be right or you can be married, what's more important to you? Mm -hmm. Well, if I ask the adult part of you what's more important, you'll say being married. But if I ask one of the child parts of you, one of the less mature parts of you, what's more important. They'll say being right is more important down the line. And so uh, you have to be thoughtful about which part of you is speaking right Mm -hmm. now. Is it the adult part of you or is it a triggered part of you? You know, everybody's real big on the brain now. Is it the prefrontal cortex or is it the limbic system? Exactly. are you compass mentis or are you triggered and flooded? If you're triggered and flooded, there's nothing wrong with that. Take a break. Go somewhere. Yeah, and the flooding, for those, just again, I want to just 
make sure everybody's Go in ahead. the conversation with us. The flooding is that state where your brain is overloaded with cortisol, stress hormones. You're truly triggered. You think your partner's a lion, and you're going to have to fight or flee from them. And once you're there, it is impossible to be rational. It's just impossible. And what Terry is saying, hey, take a break and get the heck out of the presence of your partner so you don't do more harm. And, get and I think that's a great strategy, Terry. Yeah, get recentered until, you know, somebody had a great acronym, WAIT, W-A-I-T. Why am I talking? Yeah, I love that and one. I talk, I, before you're about to take your partner on, the first thing I want you to do is what I call remember love. Remember that the person you're speaking to is someone you care about, and the reason why you're talking is to make things better between the two of you. That's mm-hmm. what this is about. That's keeping your eye on the prize. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have any other agenda like control or venting or retaliation or withdrawal, forget it. None of those are going to work. I call those losing strategies. Yeah, so you've got five it, losing strategies that you've I talked do. about. I know in your relationship boot camp you've got five, and one of them is trying to be right. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And then what um, those other four for us, would you? Trying to, trying to resolve an, uh, a fight or get more of what you want in a relationship by being right, proving that you're right. Which one's more valid? Uh, the second one is trying to control your partner, trying to get your partner to this, that, or the other thing. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work. The third is one of my personal favorites, unbridled self-expression, <laughs> venting. I, I call that the barf bag approach to an intimate relationship. Okay, Let me tell you just back. how miserable. <laughs> yeah, I feel so much better now. I got that off my chest. Not. Yeah, meanwhile, you've um, decimated your partner. Yeah. Exactly. You do not have the unalienable right to just haul off and let him have it. Uh, that is not communication. That is indulgent. So unbridled right. self-expression is the third. Retaliation is the fourth. And withdrawal is the fifth. If these goals capture you you're done you're you're done you're wandering around in the dark um what you need to do have learned these strategies though i'm just gonna everybody you can you know go listen to this again it'll be up on uh our podcast list here on blog talk radio because these are really valuable to spot because they are the kiss of death and most of us Most of us do want to be right and be in control. Most of us do think we have the right to just run over somebody else verbally to make our point or retaliate or withdraw. Where does that stuff come from, Terry? Well, all those entitlements that you just named are a part of what I would call our grandiosity. Um, It's part of being human, but we have to lean into it and be... Thoughtful. I talk about first consciousness and second consciousness, or relational mindfulness. Mm-hmm. I think this is the spiritual work of intimacy. You, you get what I call your first. Your, your first deal is a. Ref, it's reflexive. It's automatic reflex, and it's just a whoosh. W h o o s h. It's like a wave comes up from the feet, and it feels like you have to do this thing. And you're right. It's fight or flight, mm-hmm. or there's another one. Fix. Make it all better. And this is your automatic response. 
So back in the day, I would come back off the road when my kids were little 20 years ago. And my wife, Belinda, would be uh, mad because I'd left her alone with the kids. She's got a full-time practice, and she was pretty busy. And I would come home expecting all this TLC and love, being tired from the road. And she would be mad at me. And she's a fighter, and I'm a fighter. That's my whoosh. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a fighting family. So uh, I would meet fight with fight. I can't believe it. You know, I'm off in Minneapolis teaching people how to love each other, and I have to come home for this bullshit, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. off to the races. Okay, that's my first consciousness. That's what, quote, unquote, comes naturally to me. Mm -hmm. On a good day, as I started practicing this recovery work, uh, a second voice in my head would come in and say, stop. Be quiet. That's called a containing boundary. Now breathe. Breathe into your heart. Come down from your rage. Put up a boundary. Belinda's having a bad day. You don't have to make her a bad day. You're a bad day. Mm-hmm. Hold her in warm regard. Hold yourself in warm regard and protect yourself. Now, from this place, what do you want to say to your wife? Honey, you sit down. Pour yourself a glass of wine. I'll put the kids to bed. You've had a long few days. That's what I want to say to my wife. That's second consciousness. That's a beautiful, beautiful illustration, Terry, because this is the road forward. And I just want to underscore that most people aren't aware that we really can access that second impulse. Now, there are some things that make it easier. I remember you and I talking over lunch about meditation and mindfulness as a practice to help us become self-aware. Yeah, I call this relational mindfulness. It's bringing mindfulness into your relationship. Yeah. In this this moment right now, can you be spiritual when you want to haul off and decker? Uh, Try doing some breathing and getting centered in the middle of that. Spiritual aggression, Terry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, we don't have a lot of time. I wish we had a lot more time with you, but we have time for you to go into something that I think very few therapists talk about. And this was the thing that upset my husband so much. Uh, we're no longer married, I might add, because uh, it really yeah. upset him. When you called men out on the way that they bring a different, let's call it communication style, into relationship, mm-hmm. and you were very pointed about it. Well, because I support women. The asymmetry in our culture right now is that most women raised to be relational, more relational, want more intimacy from men than most boys and men have been raised to deliver. Now, that's changing with the millennials and younger younger men. But us baby boomers and everybody in between has a harder time. You know, you said, what, what do men want in relationships? Well, many of them just want to be left alone and not, not complained about. But um, women want more emotional intimacy than most men have been taught how to do. And I think that rather than the conservative response of backing women off, you know, if you just go back to the 50s and be happy, all would be well. I don't want women to stand down. I want men to stand up and meet this new demand for more. Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. Men stand up. Women don't stand stand down. Got it. That's right. 
because you know what intimacy is a good thing now the way that women are going about trying to get it is pretty dysfunctional at times depending on the woman i'm not saying women are angels but what they're after oh is carrie legit. come on <laughs> of course we're angels <laughs> No you're not I talk to women right. about what I call Telling right. the truth with love Yes. How to stand yes. up for yourself And be loving to the person at the same time And most people in our culture Don't quite know how to do that Exactly, now I'm going to ask you Terry, to give me Your best answer You have so many tools And a lot of experience and great wisdom At the top of the show I had an Ask Dr. Brenda question, and this is a show from, uh, excuse me, a question from Sharon, who is married in Seattle, and her wife does not want her to bail out the parents who didn't save for retirement. What's your advice to them? Uh, Well, Sharon's partner, these parents' child, uh, needs to be acquainted with what I call more. M-O-R, and more is minimum obligatory requirement. And what that is is Sharon's partner needs to really be clear with herself and give the parents enough that she is not walking around feeling uh, burdened with crushing guilt for not giving it to them mm-hmm. and not give them a penny more than that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, minimum uh, obligatory requirement. Okay. Minimum so obligatory requirement. What she wants to the little the least that she can give them, and feel like uh, she can go to sleep at night. Mm-hmm. And if it's a reasonable, if it's a modest, if it's modest help, and if uh, Sharon's partner has the means to offer it, uh, I think that it's okay to help the parents out. And I think that uh, the key is moderation and reasonableness. Yeah, rather uh, I, than I don't the two want... of them destroying their marriage over it. Yeah. Let, 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 Sharon, let your partner give her parents a little. And uh, the partner of Sharon may it not be too much. Now, Terry, thank you. That's great advice. Now, when you get to your best definition of a full-throttle marriage, yeah. describe that to us, would you? It's a marriage where you take each other on. What happens in marriage is that people stop taking each other on because they're frustrated. It doesn't work very well. The fact that it doesn't work very well means that you need more skill or maybe a therapist, but don't give up. People stop taking each other on. They start resenting it. Their generosity dries up. Their passion and sexuality dries up, and the thing goes to rot. So I talk about fierce intimacy. Go after it, but you have to do it skillfully. You have to do it with love, which most people need a few lessons in. Okay, I'm going to give you one last question, and I love that definition of taking it on. Okay, this is another Ask Dr. Brenda question. I've been dating Freddie, in quotes, for almost three years. He's my high school sweetheart. We still live with our parents, but we feel ready to move out and start our lives. The issue is I have a cat and a dog. Freddie can't stand them. He says he doesn't want the dog or the cat in our home, and I should make the cat outdoor cat and... It's my responsibility to take my pets with me. I don't want to abandon them, leave them with my parents. I refuse to put them up for adoption. Freddie, 
is making me feel miserable. I love my boyfriend. I love my pets. Tell me what to do. Now, that's from Tara <laughs> in Fremont. So Tara, who is just starting her relational life, is already fighting, and we've got the dogs and cats. What's your advice to her? Oh, my gosh. This is really a tough one. I think she needs to decide <laughs> whether the companion that really matters to her has got two legs or four. Yeah. I, I think I think that um, it, it has to be decided in context. If this is one demand of 12 that dear Freddie is making, he's a controlling character, and yep. maybe that's a red light for you to think about. If this is like one demand and everything else about Freddie is a sweetheart, um, maybe you take care of your dog. Don't ask him to do that, and maybe the cat goes outside. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a really great question because I'm listening to your advice and saying, aha, uh-huh, this is a time, Tara, for you to do as Terry is suggesting and really weigh who it is you're getting in relationship with. This is your first serious relationship, clearly, and you're both moving out of your parents' homes and you're taking mom and dad with you, as Terry said earlier, very important for you to look at mom and dad's strategies and maybe pick some new strategies from what Terry Real has to offer. Now, I want everyone to know Terry also has an online training available. Tell us about that, Terry. Well, it's my relationship boot camp uh, turned into an online course. It was filmed in front of a live audience, very spirited. Uh, day, very moving day, actually, is full of um, uh, basic skills uh, that are downloaded self-esteem, boundaries, uh, losing strategies, winning strategies, how to speak up for yourself with love, how to respond with a generous heart instead of defensiveness, how to cherish what you have and make it grow. These are all what I would call essential skills. They're all covered in the in the space of one day. You can watch it all in one go or break it into segments that has exercises along the way. And uh, I, I think that it's just a really marvelous Now, how do tool people for, get that, Terry? Would they go to go your to website, website to access it? Okay. Yeah, and let me give you Terry Terry's Real. website, everybody. It's www.terryreal.com. www.terryreal.com. And we are huge fans here, everybody. You know that. Aww. On Modern Love, we're fans of Terry and the skill and wisdom that teachers like Terry brings us. And in my book, Terry is at the top. He is excellent. Aww. So I want to personally recommend that you run, not walk, and view this. I'm going to do it myself because I always learn something from you, Terry. I always oh, do. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. Now, I want you to also know that Terry's got books out there you can grab. We build libraries here at Modern Love. We are fans of people getting books and building the library. So if an issue comes up, like Tara or Sharon, you pick up the book and you look up the chapter that will help you. So you can look up Terry and go walk in a real bookstore and get his books, you guys. 
I, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of that. I don't want to talk mm-hmm. about it. How can I get through to you? And the new rules of marriage. Those are the three books. And Terry Real, I am so delighted to have you as a oh, guest here on Modern you. Love Radio. And we will have you back again soon. All right, everyone, okay. stay tuned. Because coming up March 28th, we have Michael Evans, Is Marriage Broken? April 4th, Neil Godfrey, Finance Without Fights. And very important that you know, I have a training here in San Francisco. It's live April the 8th if you're available. We're doing Love and Money 2.0, Advanced Training on Manifesting Massive Miracles in Your Love Life and With Your Money, my special guest will be Darren Jacklin from Vancouver, B.C. And in future trainings, you might even get to experience Terry Real. We'll talk about it. <laughs> All right. Thanks to our executive producer, Mr. LeGrand Green, our associate producer, Cliff Dunning, and to Terry Real again, and all of you modern lovers, many blessings. <laughs>